It's great to be with you this morning. It is always my pleasure to be here at Hope Church because of the encouragement I always get from you. So it's great to be here. And it's nice to see you. I bring greetings from my family. They asked me to ask for you. Uh, if you can turn with me the passage just we read earlier on, Luke's Gospel, chapter 25, I mean, chapter 10, verse 25, 37. Luke 10, 25, 37. Let's just pray and ask God's help. Father, I just want to pray that uh, as we turn to your word, that you would give us a spirit of learning from you by your spirit. I pray, Lord, that you would bind any power that is not yours in this place, any distraction in this place, that we might hear your voice and what you are saying to us this morning. I pray that you would speak through me in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, the title of my sermon is Compassion Beyond Amazing, because that's what we will see in this passage. Compassion Beyond Amazing. And somebody said this, that compassion is something you, something you show, or better yet, something you do. And in all human literature, no greater illustration of what it means to be compassionate than the story Jesus told about the Good Samaritan in this Gospel of St. Luke. Because this story, is, uh, which is recorded only in, Luke, in, Luke's, in Luke's Gospel, teaches us that we can never separate our relationship with God from our relationship with our fellow human being. So as we walk through this story of Good Samaritan, we're going to discover how to live a life of compassion beyond amazing. And I know we have heard this story many times before, but studying it together this morning, we're going to learn something afresh on how to live a life of compassion. And first of all, I want to begin by eliminating the things that can be mistaken for compassion. Now, I have two points. And each point has got four points. Now, that's not a typical Presbyterian sermon of three points. But uh, <laughs> I hope God will help us to go through this uh, in the given time. I want to begin by suggesting four things which compassion is not. Number one, compassion is not academic. Look at verses 25 to 29. 
On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law? He replied. How do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. So Luke introduces the story of Good Samaritan with the Lord being asked a question by an expert in the law. This was a lawyer who, testing Jesus, perhaps as well as showing off, stood up and asked what he had to do to inherit eternal life. What would you have answered this man? Jesus answered by asking the question of him, what is written in the law? How do you read it? And the lawyer answered saying, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and, with, and, and love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said, you have answered correctly. That's right. Do this, you will live. But the lawyer, wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? The lawyer had studied the law of Moses. He was what we might call today a theologian. The religious lawyers of Jesus' day loved to discuss the urgent social problems of their time, but they didn't want to do anything about them. They often framed their discussions to avoid feeling personal responsibility. Now, this lawyer had sufficient knowledge of the scripture to recite one of the most important this of the Old Testament from memory. See, when Jesus said, How, what does the law say? He quickly, he recited it. But he didn't know what it really meant. Nor did he know how to apply it to his life. You see, it's not possible to love your neighbor and not know who he is. So when he asked Jesus, who is my neighbor, he gave himself away. His knowledge of the scripture was academic. He didn't know what you cannot, he didn't know that you cannot show compassion without, without acting on it. So compassion is not academic. Number two, compassion is not abstract. Look at verse 30. In reply, Jesus said a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half naked, and so on. Now, if I can have the two maps um, there. Jerusalem is some 2,000 300 feet above sea level, and Jericho is about 800 feet below sea level. So when you are moving from Jerusalem to Jericho, you are actually going down. And so the road where the man was left for dead was steep, filled with narrow gorges and short curves that provided excellent hiding places for robbers. So if you can see where Jerusalem is and where Jericho is, that road was very dangerous. 
absolutely dangerous. So it was very prone for uh, robbers to hide there. So the lawyer would have, uh, would have known how dangerous this road was. He would have been able to picture in his mind the bruised and wounded body of a traveler. In telling him this story, Jesus refused to allow the lawyer to deal with compassion in the abstract. And Jesus will not allow us to be abstract about the identities of our neighbors today. So Jesus told them the vivid story so that the, he can, the lawyer can deal with this. So number three, compassion is not afraid. Compassion is not afraid. Look at verse 31. A priest happened to be going down the same road. And when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. That's a priest. Again, Jesus' listeners would have known the back story. The temple required 24 teams of priests, with each team allowed to serve in the temple proper for only two weeks a year. The priest who traveled uh, down the road would have been one of the 12,000 priests living in Jericho at that time. And he might have just finished his two-week stint in the temple. And as he walked along, he was remembering and relieving the excitement of joy of his 14 days in the holiest place on earth. His desire to serve God after purity and holiness was at all time high. And suddenly, this priest sees a wounded man and he's forced to confront the neediness and dirtiness of the real world. And he's afraid. The Bible says he passed by on the other side. There is no way the priest could be sure if this man was alive or dead. He couldn't afford to find out. By the religious law, uh, by, uh, by the religious law of, the, of that time, if the man was dead and the priest touched him, the priest would be would have been ceremonially unclean for seven days. So the priest made a decision. He put the afterglow of his temple's experience above the claims of suffering humanity. And not only did he pass by the wounded man, he passed by on the side of the road. He was afraid, was scared. This man might be dead, I don't even want to, see, to look at him. But this is a holy man of God. He passed by on their side. And number four, compassion is not analytical. Compassion, look at verse 32. So to a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, he passed by on the other side. When he came to the place, and saw him. Now what that means is that he, this man, the Levite, actually came to him. He came to the place to where the man was. The New King James uh, uh, version puts it for it. He came and looked on him. He analyzed the man. The Levite was a servant of the temple, a minister of religious worship and interpreter of the law. He should have been eager to help the victim. He had the opportunity, he had the knowledge, and even he had a bit of more curiosity. He took the trouble to go near and look at the victim. He analyzed him, but then he did the unthinkable. Heartlessly, he did nothing. He too crossed 
to the other side of the road. See, friends, it is very easy to become paralyzed when we analyze. Because we are too busy analyzing everything that needs to be done, we fail to do anything. And this paralysis by analysis is what happened this Levite in Jesus' story. Now, some, some have thought that the priest who passed by on the other side thought to himself, I will leave this to the Levite who is following closer after me. And the Levite thought, since the priest passed by, stopping must, be, must not be a good thing for me to do either. So he also passed by. So the priest didn't serve because of the Levite, and the Levite didn't serve because of the priest. That's, that's what one has thought. I don't know what you think. The priest and the Levite illustrate the fact that religious work does not make the worker religious. I repeat that. These two guys illustrate the fact that religious work does not make one religious. You have plenty of people who are busy doing, doing religious work. That does, not, that does not necessarily mean that they are religious. These people were probably very good at their official work in the service of God, the priests and the Levites. But because they lacked, comp- they lacked compassion, they, they did not and could not understand what serving God really meant. Really, if you are a servant of God, how could you have passed this wounded man dying on the roadside? So that's my first point. So if compassion is not these things I have talked about, then what is it? Number one, compassion is about what you see. Compassion is about what you see. Look at verses 33. So too, uh, sorry, uh, 33, what is 33? But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring an oil and wine. Then he put the man on his donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I reimburse you for any extra expenses you have made. Compassion is about what you see. And to fully understand this story, you must know that there were a few people Jesus uh, could have used as an example of compassion who would have shocked his listeners, more especially the expert in the law. Remember, Jesus is having a crowd in front of him, and there are these people like the expert in this in the law. The Samaritan was a foreigner with some strange clothes and an odd accent. The Samaritans hated the Jews, and the Jews hated the Samaritans. That's where you know. The Samaritan was not like the others, the others in the story with whom listeners could identify. I think when Jesus talked about a good Samaritan, some of the people were like, what? What is that? A Samaritan? Samaritan? So, 
out of all those who could have been neighbors to this man, the one who became a neighbor out of compassion was a despised foreigner, a Samaritan. This thought would have been particularly intolerable to the lawyer. Can a, good, can a Samaritan be good? Really? Jesus is out of his mind. Picture the moment, picture the moment when Jesus asked the lawyer at the end of the story. Verse 37. Which of the three men had demonstrated that he was a neighbor? And the lawyer said, the one who had mercy on him. Can you imagine? He couldn't even mention the fact that he was a Samaritan. The priest, the Levite, and the Samaritan all looked at the wounded man. But only the good Samaritan saw him. They all looked at him. <clears throat> but the Samaritan saw him. Compassion is about what you see. We can all look at things, but what do you see? Only the good Samaritan saw him. And for Jesus, for Jesus, who is the ultimate good Samaritan, as you know, compassion began with what he saw. On many occasions in the Gospels, Jesus' compassion was linked to seeing. For example, in Matthew 9, he saw a crowd of people who were weary and confused, and he had compassion on them. Again, in Matthew 14, Jesus saw another great multitude, and he healed their sick. In Mark 6, Jesus saw those who were like a sheep without a shepherd, and he was moved by compassion to teach them. When Jesus looked at those around, he saw opportunities to help. And in seeing, he was moved to compassion in many ways. He was compassionate to those who were lost spiritually. He was compassionate toward the sick. He was compassionate toward the needy. He was compassionate toward the widows and mothers and children. He touched labors, cured the sick, befriended social barriers and ch uh, cherished children. And you know, his last acts were to pray for the forgiveness of his murderers on the cross. And then to look beside him and feel compassion even for a dying thief whom, encouraged, whom he encouraged and assured him of salvation. Even in his deepest hours of agony, never for a moment did he take a break showing compassion to others. Compassion, my friends, is about what you see. Jesus saw broken humanity. His heart was moved with compassion. And in this story, the Samaritan saw the broken, wounded stranger through the eyes of Jesus and had compassion for him. Seeing him, he had to do something. See, when you see something wrong, you have to do something. And that's compassion. See, today we have people, we, we are in this world, we see things and we are not moved. Do we have real compassion? Do we see what is happening in our world? We see things on the TV screens, but we feel unmoved. What is compassion? So number one, compassion is about what, is about what you see. Number two, compassion is about how you do it. The good Samaritan showed mercy on this needed victim. He cleansed his wounds with wine. 
and then poured oil on his wounds and bound up his wounds in bandages so that they could begin to heal. He delivered his compassion to this man with great mercy and care. First Peter 3.8 says this, Finally, all of you live in harmony with one another. By sympathy, uh, by, be sympathetic. Love as, uh, love as brothers. Be, be compassionate and humble. And this is one of the New Testament key verses about compassion. You see, compassion contains empathy, tenderness, and is always courteous and respectful. Our world needs compassion and kindness. This is a very big challenge for us. And the society, the secular society, is taking compassion out of people's mind. That's why you pass by kids fighting, you don't even, you don't, even, you don't look, you don't touch, you don't say anything. I was on a bus stop and in Glasgow on, 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 on uh, Cathedral Street and younger people were running after another younger guys and they, they caught this young guy and put him down and stamped on him and we were a group of people on the bus stop and we just kept looking at the, and this young boy who was being you know, trampled on. I felt so bad, I, went, I, I just jumped in the bus crying I, because I, I, I felt so guilty, I didn't do anything. Help the boy. His compassion. I want to use compassion. Number three, compassion is about what it costs you. See, compassion is costly. Perhaps that's why we don't want to get involved. Sometimes compassion costs us time. Sometimes it costs us more. But you see, true compassion does not weigh the cost fast. It simply responds to human suffering without, with loving kindness. You don't have to weigh the cost. You simply respond to the need. The Samaritan gave his eyes to the wounded man when he looked upon him with concern. He gave his heart to him. He gave his animal and his own feet to the man when he left him to ride, willingly walking his own animal. He gave his hands to the man when he bound his, his wounds. He gave his time to the man when he postponed his schedule to stay with him on that first critical night. He gave his own money to the man when he paid for his stay at the inn. And finally, he risked his life. This Samaritan risked his life because remember, he's at the place. He, <laughs> this place is risky. He could have been robbed as well. He could, be, he could have been attacked as well. So it is risky. No wonder we don't get involved. Because it's a risky business to be compassionate about somebody. Jesus is teaching us that when we love somebody, we give of ourselves to him or her. That's the teaching from this passage. We share time, money, possessions, and priorities. You see, at the beginning of the story, the lawyer asked who is my neighbor? At the end of the story, Jesus asked the lawyer who was the neighbor to the wounded man. The conversation turned from who is my neighbor to who is the neighbor to him. In other words, the, quick, the key question at the end of the story and the key element of compassion is not who is going to help me, 
but who am I going to help? That's the key question. That's what Jesus is trying to teach this, uh, this lawyer. And then Jesus said, go and do likewise. Verse 37. Go and do likewise. In saying go and do likewise to this lawyer, Jesus was giving him a choice and a chance. And the choice was to go and do as the good Samaritan did. You expert, go and emulate the good Samaritan. That's a choice for you. The chance was to become a person of compassion. You expert, you still have a chance to become a compassionate man. You are a theologian, you are a religious man. Show compassion. Because compassion is easily learned if we choose to learn it. We can learn to be compassionate if we choose to. You see, loving someone who loves you is easy, isn't it? So easy. It's very easy to love my wife because I know she loves me. But loving a complete stranger or someone who uses and takes advantage of you is not. It takes a supernatural kind of love conquer the flesh that says this person does not deserve my love. Oh, this person annoys me and has offended me, therefore I don't want him in my life. It's difficult, isn't it? And yet Jesus never stops loving us despite our multitude of sins. That's, that's ironical. Friends, the world has a right to expect followers of Jesus to be like him. The world out there, they don't care. But so long as they know you are a follower of Jesus, then <laughs> their expectation is to do what Jesus did. And you may not be able to heal the sick or feed the hungry multitudes the way Jesus did, but that's okay. I don't think Jesus expects you to do that. But I think he only expects you to be a genuine channel of his compassion to those who need him today. Think about this Christmas, of course, we are going to be giving presents and gifts to the people we love and so on. How about if we try and, and just give a present to a stranger? Someone that we don't normally associate with. And just take a present to him or her. Here is a gift. A Christmas gift. How about if we try that? Whether it is our neighbor or in the streets or whatever. Just buy a present and just say I'm going to meet somebody, a stranger, and give him that, this present. The story of the Good Samaritan is not only a story of compassion, but it is also an illustration of salvation. This is a story of salvation. 
the human race was helpless and hopeless in the grip of sin, untouched and uncared for, yet loved by God. And that's what we are remembering even this Advent season. Jesus came. The word became fresh. Was born by Virgin Mary. And this little baby became the savior of the world. And that's why we are here today. Just because he came. We were just seated alone in pain, in shame, and righteous raggedness. And God sent his own son down here to assure us that we need never be alone again. Never again. Jesus, in his compassion, is here this morning. If we allow him, he will sit beside us and he will share his compassion with us and through us. That's what he does. When Jesus touches your life, all he wants to do is to share his compassion. By the way, compassion is not ours. It is him. We can never be compassionate. You see, human being left on himself or herself, there is no, good, there is no goodness in human being. The goodness comes from God. If you ever, ever do an act of compassion, it's not you, it's God through you. Because we are sinners, we are too selfish. I can't even give this to somebody else. But if I do, it's an act of God. And I believe that we can learn something from such a story. This man who was despised for dinner, Jesus uses him no wonder he calls him a good Samaritan because what he does, the Levite could not do. The priest could not do it. Even this expert, the lawyer, I don't think he would have done anything. <coughs> he had the knowledge, but he didn't know what it meant to be compassionate. Let's pray.